Welcome to this late hour. A look at the world through the lens of scripture. I'm your host, Casey Knowlton. Welcome back and thank you for tuning in to this late hour. Just a reminder that you can contact the show via email or Facebook. We also have a Patreon where I've just added a bonus episode. See the show notes for more information. Today we are going to talk about what it is we can look for as it relates to the last days. We will discover how we can know that we are in the last days and what to be watching for in our churches. If you haven't listened to the first episode, I'd highly recommend going back and giving it a listen before moving on into today's episode. So how can we know for certain that we are in the last days? After all, people have speculated for centuries that the world was ending and they have all been wrong. And in truth, we must be cautious not to simply entertain mere speculation. In 1 Timothy, Paul addresses a group of men who love to sit around and speculate. He states, Instruct certain men not to teach strange doctrines, nor to pay attention to myths and endless genealogies, which give rise to mere speculation, rather than furthering the administration of God, which is by faith. These men were so wrapped up in discovering who was begotten by who that they lost sight of what matters. As watchful Christians, we want to remain in a place of faithful observance, not mere speculation. To do this, it would be helpful to understand the times in which we live. It may not be the end times, yet, but I would suggest that it is in fact the last days. Consider Hebrews 1, 1 through 2. God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers, in the prophets, in many portions and in many ways, in these last days, has spoken to us in his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world. Consider also 1 John 2, 18-19. Children, it is the last hour, and just as you heard that Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have appeared. From this we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not really of us. Here John is saying that there is an Antichrist coming, but also that other Antichrists have already come. There were false teachers, false apostles who were teaching heresy. He clarifies in 2 John verses 7-10, through 10, For many deceivers have gone out into the world, those who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. This is the deceiver and the Antichrist. Watch yourselves, that you do not lose what we have accomplished, but that you may receive a full reward. John is warning us of false teachers who operate within the church, teaching its parishioners that Jesus was not God come in the flesh denying in some form or fashion what we call the Incarnation, which teaches that Jesus was both fully God and fully man. It is the good news of all of Christendom, that God would take on human form and die for those who were undeserving, all of us, so that we might be saved from eternal separation from God. Friends, I understand that there have been many wild claims about the end times made from within our churches. As we discussed in the previous episode, anyone claiming to know the date or hour of Christ's return is selling you something. What is clear from these scriptures, though, is that we are not waiting for the last days. We are in them already. I would suggest that they began when the angel Gabriel came to Mary to tell her of God's plan to bring Messiah through her, a virgin. We may not be in the end times, but we are in the last days. And by this we can know the hour is late. For if it was the last hour during John's day, how much more so must it be now? So in these last days, what are we looking for? 
Many of you who are following this podcast are with a local church, so let us start with what's closest to home and look at what is going on in our churches. There are three central areas I think are important to our focus. First, the church has been abandoning a literal view of Scripture. Second, many well-meaning believers are being led astray by false teachings. And third, we must try and assess the church's progress in its central mission, fulfilling of the Great Commission, that is, bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to every tongue, tribe, and nation. To address our first point, for the faithful Christian, we believe that the Holy Scriptures are inerrant, meaning without error, infallible. Though many of our churches will pay lip service to this point, postmodern progressive Christians have been dismantling the Bible, disinterested in what it says, or rather, in what it actually means, and instead mold it to fit their own desired outcomes. Truly, this is one of the great battles of our time. We see it not only playing out in the churches, but in the political arena as well. Should our American Constitution be viewed by its literal meaning, that which was closest to the Founders' original intent, or treated as a living document, something that should change with the times? While we debate this constitutional question amongst our political institutions, when it comes to the Holy Scriptures, there is no room for changing with the times. Hebrews 13.8 Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. John 1.1-2 In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Remember this, dear friends, all Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work, as it says in 2 Timothy chapter 3. Nowhere has this been clearer than with the book of Genesis. Many of our church leaders have mythologized away much of our first and foundational book of the Bible, leading to all kinds of problems that have spiderwebbed out into every area of our doctrine. Let us take the flood, for instance. For those who claim that this is an ancient myth or a local event, end up completely at odds with Scripture. We are told in Genesis 6, 11-13, Now the earth was corrupt in the sight of God, and the earth was filled with violence. God looked on the earth, and behold, it was corrupt. For all flesh had corrupted their way upon the earth. Then God said to Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me for the earth is filled with violence because of them. And behold, I am about to destroy them with the earth. Not only was this event a global judgment, but it was a catastrophic one. Jesus himself compares the flood to his second coming. Matthew 24, 37-39 For the coming of the Son of Man will be just like the days of Noah. For as in those days before the flood they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark. And they did not understand until the flood came and took them all away. So will the coming of the Son of Man be. If there was no flood, then the incarnate Son of God was comparing his second coming, the pinnacle future moment of our entire faith, to a myth. If the flood were merely a local event, then it diminishes God's judgment of the wicked and the trustworthiness of Scripture. Will his second judgment also be local? And if God did not really mean the end of all flesh, just those who are local to the area, then why did he not say as much? Is God mistaken or just dishonest? Friends, this is but one example of how the erosion of a literal view of Scripture has far-reaching and often devastating outcomes. 
I will be taking more time in future episodes to dig into the Genesis problem. Be looking for a great interview related to this topic next month. And with the loss of a literal view of Scripture, we arrive at our second point, many in the church being led astray by bad teaching and even false gospels. In 1 Timothy 4, 1-2, Paul states, But the Spirit explicitly says that in later times some will fall away from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons, by means of the hypocrisy of liars seared in their own conscience as with a branding iron. This is some strong words from Paul. And here, friends, the fruit is ripe for the picking. Consider those who push what we call the prosperity gospel. The general sentiment of this teaching is that all God really desires is for us to prosper. These teachers, often suggesting they have special knowledge on how it may be found. These frauds tickle the ears of those who are listening, prospering themselves off the generous donations of the participants. And what happens when true suffering and hardship come? Such teachers are presenting a lopsided view of the world, spreading false hope. Of all the damaging deceptions, however, none have been more pervasive or influential in recent days as the woke movement. Its ideas and tenets have been spreading like wildfire through our churches, as well as our institutions, I might add, from critical race theory to gay marriage and even transgenderism. In San Francisco, the Lutheran Church just appointed its first transgender bishop. It is not mercy to affirm someone who does not know their own gender, friends. This person needs help and prayer, not a church title. Which brings us back to Genesis, to the most basic, well-understood, and fundamental truth of all time. Genesis 1.27 God created man in his own image. In the image of God he created him, male and female he created them. It is so easy to get lost in false teachings when we do not take God at his word. It is vital that we stand on the truth of Scripture. As Colossians 2.8 says, See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception, according to the tradition of men, according to the elementary principles of the world, rather than according to Christ. This brings us to our last observation of this late hour within our churches, and that is our progress with the Great Commission. In Matthew 24.14, Jesus says, The gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all the nations, and then the end will come. There is a similar mention in Mark 13.10. For the Christian, there is but one gospel, Christ crucified and raised from the dead. It is the message we bring to all those who would receive it. Jesus commissioned his followers to take this message to all the nations. Matthew 28.19-20 Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You will find similar mentions of what is known as the Great Commission in Mark, Luke, and the beginning of Acts. Now, while there may be no way of knowing in any exact measure what the Church's progress has been with our commissioning, I do think that there are some simple observations that can be made. For instance, what has our progress been with Bible translations? According to a 2010 article from the Denver Post, Wycliffe Bible Translators, one of the foremost Bible translators in the world, stated that we may see every one of the almost 7,000 languages in the world translated by the end of 2025. Friends, think of it. This endeavor has been going on since 33 AD. If this does not speak to the lateness of the hour, 
frankly, I don't know what does. For any listening who have never decided to follow Jesus for yourself, why wait another moment? Through Jesus' death and resurrection, you may be saved from eternal torment and separation from God. Will you choose to receive him into your heart? This saving does not happen automatically just through believing. You must make a conscious choice to make Jesus the Lord of your life. One day, we will all have to give an account of our lives before the throne of our Creator, and only those who belong to Jesus will be saved. Think of those dear souls who were going about their day within that Florida condo, sleeping, eating breakfast, watching television, or chatting with friends, when they were all taken by the building's partial collapse. None of us know when our time will come, friends. Do not delay. Simply enter a posture of prayer and receive Him right now as your Lord and Savior. All you must do is ask. So today we have looked at why we know that we are in the last days. We have also looked at what to be looking for in our churches that point to what I believe is the lateness of the hour. These included losing our literal view of Scripture, the deception and leading astray of believers through false teachings, followed by the assessment of the church's progress of the Great Commission. With that, our look at the what of our watchfulness in the church is complete. Next time, we will look at what to be watching for in the world during this late hour. In future episodes, I will be taking on the topics raised here. As previously mentioned, I will also be diving into Genesis and creation. A great two-part interview with Dr. Ben Scripture of Scripture on Creation Ministries is coming next month. On my Patreon page, I will be discussing Jesus' discourses found in the Gospels, particularly Matthew chapter 24. This portion of Scripture is largely related to a very specific period of time known in the Church as the Tribulation. My good friend David and I will be discussing it together. Currently, we are on a bi-weekly release, so the next episode will be out by the end of the month where we will look at what to be watching for in the world during this late hour. If you are enjoying these podcasts, please give the show a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you would like to support the show, please click on the Acast supporter link or visit my Patreon page, which can also be found in the show notes. If you have questions or comments, please send us an email at thislatehourpodcast at gmail.com or visit our Twitter or Facebook pages also listed in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining me for this second episode of This Late Hour. Stay on the alert, dear Christian. You have been listening to This Late Hour. Your contribution helps pay our fees, improve our equipment, and build better content. It is my hope that your continued support of our show may bring future interviews and exclusives. Our goal is to always be improving our show so that the church may be strengthened in our mission to bring salt and light to this present darkness. May God richly bless you.